Welcome to Ready to Mosh, a podcast all about rock, metal and alternative music. I'm Kev P. And I'm Gem G. Each episode will bring you the latest news, talk about new releases and review gigs and festivals that we've been to. There'll be a smattering of guest interviews and a lot of random chat. As well as podcasts, you can also find us on Twitter and Instagram. Just search at Ready to Moshcast. Hello and welcome to episode 47 of Ready to Mosh. Hello. Hello. Hi. It's another one. It is. And it's a good one today as well. Isn't it always a good one? Well, you know what I mean. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Um, I think we probably just need to say at the start as well, apologies if you can hear any birds tweeting in the background, because it's the usual time we record, but the evenings are getting lighter. Yeah, so it's not the- a Twitter, it's not a Twitter-sponsored podcast. No, and we're not introducing bird song effects. No. It's just spring approaching, which is a good thing because it means it's nearer to summer and festivals. Yeah. Right, let's go on to the news then. Mm-hmm. You're starting. <laughs> I don't mind, I thought you were. Yeah, okay. Uh, well, I'll do my first one then, and this is that KISS have finally announced the final dates of their absolute farewell tour. <laughs> their Again. final, final dates? Their final, their absolute farewell leg of the farewell tour that's been going on since, I want to say, 2018? Oh, it feels like it's been a lifetime. Pretty much, yeah. A dog lifetime, at least. So this alleged farewell leg commences on the 29th of August, or not August, 29th of October in Austin. Mm. Will trek to various points of the USA and Canada, and then it will end with two nights in New York at Madison Square Gardens, the city where Kiss began, on the 1st and 2nd of December. I'll be honest, I would like to go to that. That sounds like it could be fucking incredible. It would. I think New York in December as well would be quite cool. Yeah. Although that'll probably, they'll probably end up having to postpone that because of the weather. And then it means they can push it out for another year <laughs> well, or yeah. two. Mm, we'll see. So, yeah. Allegedly the last dates, but... Yeah. I mean, the download was the UK last date, wasn't it, last year? And, ooh, and they've still knocked out another two or three there, so... Yeah. Well, not yet. Well, June. they will. They will yeah. in June. Yeah. What you got then? Burn It Down Festival has announced some more bands. And I think the line-up's complete now. Mm. And it looks pretty awesome. It did really, last year, didn't yeah. It? They, they've got a really good festival going on, and that's probably one that I think might be on the cards for next year. It could be, yeah. I think I don't think we can this year again. No, we? we can't this year. But yeah, it's a few a couple of the bands that's been added. Uh, you've got Desolated, Higher Power, and Harriet. We're big fans of that's on the eighth and 9th of September. Okay, right. Next, and the only thing other thing I've got because it's a slow news week is regarding Empire State Bastard. Yeah. Who we didn't really know existed till a little while ago, and they got... Uh, well, I well, told you, you about did. it. I did. Yeah, but I meant they've not been in existence that long, have they? No. Um, they've announced their debut shows, and they're going to do three of them. Mm-hmm. Did you know about this, by the way? No. No? Okay. Yeah, they're doing three shows at the end of March in Glasgow, Manchester, and London on the 26th, 27th, and 28th. Quite small shows as well. Mm. So kind of... The Cat House in Glasgow, Rebellion in Manchester, Underworld in London. But in addition to that, because generally as a band they are just Simon Neal and Mike Venart, they have got on drums Dave Lombardo. Really? I did not know that. I can tell by your face. Wow. Yeah, I know. Interesting. Yeah, and then they've got Naomi McLeod from Bitch Falcon on bass. Oh. 
And I've been trying to listen to some of them, and there's just nothing really it, much no, out it, there. It's, there isn't anything out there. When I heard that Dave Lombardo was on drums, I'm like, oh, this could be quite different to. Oh uh, yeah, Biffy. I'm expecting it to be a very different sound. <laughs> yeah, but it's got to be a different sound. Well, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it'd be interesting to see if he's on drums at Download. Mm. Mm. Uh, my next one is that Reading and Leeds made their second announcement, and they can keep it. Yeah, they can, yeah. Um, the highlight of the whole thing was Sleep Token are going to be there. Who aren't headlining at all. They're actually, I think they're in one of the tents. I was going to say they've got to be in a tent, I think. Yeah. I mean, but well, and they're, but yeah. They're, not, they're not headlining it, despite the kind of like, the mm. real buzz around, around them at the moment. There is, but is it a buzz in the re- the, the Reading and Leeds crowd, though? Do you know not in mean? the current Reading and yeah, Leeds crowd. that's what I mean. <laughs> um, yeah, as for everything else that's been announced, it's terrible. So save your money, don't go to Reading and Leeds. That's my advice. Okay, that was shorter <laughs> than I expected. I thought I saw someone else on there that I thought, oh, that could be all right, but that might have been from the first lineup. Yeah, announcement. I, I think I looked through the other day, I think it was about seven people I'd want to watch. Yeah. Over the entire weekend. Mm. That's not a lot, is it? No. For a whole three days. Yeah, oh, and it looks like they've also got rid of the rock tent. Yeah, we said that yeah. last year, though, the pit. Yeah, it looks like it's gone completely, and the switch to kind of like what they're playing now is totally mm. different to what it was. Yeah, it's not the same festival. We've said it before. We'll we'll still keep saying it. Yeah. Oh, Frank Turner. Actually, that's what I was going to say. Oh yes, I didn't. Yes. I forgot Frank Turner. And you had got something yeah. in my head to say about it because we were saying before. I can't remember if it was on the podcast or just a conversation in real life that it kind of started to go downhill after twenty sixteen. Yeah, which was his last. And that was his last year after doing ten years in the, on a trot on the trot in a trot. Was that a signal for the demise? But he's back again, which I don't know how he'll go down in the current crowd. Well, if he's doing the Sleeping Souls stuff... Mm, yeah, I think it is yeah, Sleeping Souls. Yeah, it'll be fine. I think they could probably get on board with that. I don't think they'd get on board with Mongol Horde. No. Oh, no. <laughs> no, it's definitely Sleeping Souls, Frank Turner's Frank Turner yeah. stuff. Yeah. Wait and see. Our review this week, then, is the latest album by 100 Reasons, Glorious Sunset, which is their first album since 2007. Yeah, 16 16 years. It's been a while. Yeah, it's it's been highly anticipated as well. I think it was going to come out or get released, and they were going to do stuff around it just as COVID hit, and then I think they pushed everything back. Okay, didn't realise that. Yeah, I think that was... I think that caused a lot of delays. But yeah, 10 tracks, 36 minutes... Nice little compact album. It's, yeah, it's very compact. I thought the, it might have been a long one with the weight being so long. <laughs> after 16 years. I was expecting only, kind of like a double album. Yeah, yeah. Only come up with 10 tracks after that time. <laughs> Quality over quantity. True. Um, so it kicks off with the title track, Glorious Sunset, which I thought had a nice synthy 80s sounding intro. Yeah, I'd, I'd got it. It's an electric opener. Um, mm. It sounds almost like pop punk. Mm, I've got a big pop punk vibe from this 80s synthy, at least the start was, then it kind yeah. of picks up and kicks in a bit more actually, doesn't it? It's got a really nice sunny vibe to it, a nice sing-along chorus, some great melodies and really sets the scene up. Mm-hmm. Uh, New Glasses is track two. This is one of my favourites. Ah, okay. This is, that's interesting because I thought this sounds like a mature version of 100 Reasons sounded. That was one of my kind of general descriptions for the album actually it kind of sounds like 100 reasons but they've but grown, grown up, up. yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I thought this was very catchy quite you know really easy to follow probably going to be a single i would have thought yeah i'd imagine i've got it down as a radio rock friendly summery sing-along anthem 
Yeah. Track three, It Suits You. I thought this had a really cool bass line, some awesome riffs going over the top. Reminded me of debut album, 100 Reasons. Do you know what? <laughs> um, I've got, this could be from Ideas Above Our Station. Yeah, I've got Reminds, I-A-O-U. I forgot the S. I don't know. <laughs> I put the initials down. That's not even the right initials. It's not even the right initials, no. I knew what I meant. Yeah, it reminded me of Davey. Yeah. But really kind of powerful chorus, quite heavy, a bit more aggressive this one at times. Yeah, it's the, and the vocals are a lot more rasping mm. in this one as well. Yeah. And Yeah, this is one of my favourites. I do like this one. Mm. And I thought, yeah. again, this is another that could be potential single material. Yeah. Uh, track four, Replicate. I thought this was very slow in comparison to the last track. And... Almost like a, you know, it's kind of like the lighter torch in the air, foam torch, light mm. or whatever, at a festival yeah. kind of sound. It just didn't really do it for me as well. And it sounded, it had a biffy kind of rhythm to it. <laughs> I've actually put that. Have you put that too? Yeah. Yeah. But to start with, that piano intro put me off because it reminds me of Coldplay's Christmas song. And if there's anything in the world that puts <laughs> me off anything, it's Coldplay. Yeah. Yeah, so I've got Coldplay piano, slower. I put... Newer Biffy-ish, Opposites era kind of Biffy. Yeah. Ballady. I quite like the, the vocal in it, but it's as a other, sound, it, but the it's rest... It's the other bits, yeah. No, that, that intro just put me right off. Okay. Uh, track five, Dumb. Yeah, this one picks up again, doesn't it? It's more lively than the last I one. I thought this was another Biffy-type song. Oh, I didn't. I've put that about one later on, actually. Weirdly. Uh, yeah, I've got it on later on as oh, well, I think. Okay. And this kind of made me think, have... Biffy kind of become the new hundred reasons. Oh, I don't know. Uh, and there's some really subtle electronic kind of like overtones to this as well. Mm. To be fair, they came out around the same time, didn't they? I think. Uh, no, hundred reasons were out before Biffy. Yeah, Biffy weren't around, weren't kind of playing stuff till two thousand and four. Hundred mm. reasons were out before that. About two thousand and two, the debut. I think. I think the debut album was two thousand and two. Yeah. But, but that, that kind of a, a similar period, though, I kind suppose, of an yeah. alternative British rock vibe. Yeah. Yeah, I thought this one had quite a funky keyboard. Okay. It was quite an upbeat musically, came, really came to life in the chorus. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Mm. Track six, Right There With You. This one had quite a slow, heavy start. And I thought there was quite a contrast between the verse and the chorus. The verse was kind of quite quiet, almost spoken-ish, light on the melody, and then really thicker drums and thicker sound in the chorus. Yeah, I really like this one. Mm. Uh, it, it feels like it's a darker track. Yeah. And I was, like here, I've wrote interesting middle section, quite haunting before picking up again. Mm. And, and yeah, haunting, that's a good word, actually. Yeah, mm. and it just sounds a lot angrier in this yeah. one. Uh, yeah, I do really like this one. And I'd probably say this is my favourite track. Oh, okay. Uh, track seven, Insultiment. Yes. Yeah, more electronic use. Uh, there's a good bass in this as well, actually. Mm. Yeah, it kind of gets harder when it needs to. You know, do you know mm. what I mean? As a as a yeah. track, and the guitars and the vocals work really, really well in this. And actually, mm. I tell you, this is also another one of my possible favourites. Okay, we don't have so any I, matching favourites. No, in this I've, one. I've got three. I think that I've really got three, stand out. But yeah, not this one. I like it. It's all right. It's I thought it was quite eighties sounding with the synths, and I thought the vocals sounded quite nineties indie. Yeah, there's a lot mm. of kind of like an indie feel to this. Yeah. But yeah, I didn't really write a lot more about this one. It was just all right for me. Okay. Number eight is So So Soon. I thought this one was quite 90s indie-ish, particularly at the start. It was quite catchy and summery, sing-alongy. Yeah, I've got, it's got a catchy, easy to sing-along chorus, mm. but it sounds a bit like The Killers. And oh. it's why I don't like it. 
Oh, that's interesting. I didn't pick up on that. Yeah, there was something about it. I don't yeah. know. I think it was the guitar and the vocal in this just reminded me of The Killers. And I was just like, no, yeah. it's not for me. And The Killers are your cold play. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I hate The Killers, yeah. yeah uh, track nine, The Old School Way. And this is going to be another sing-along track, I think. Mm. And it sounds more like old hundred reasons again i thought that as well this was one of my favorites uh, okay yeah. yeah i thought the old school way is the title it was quite old school sounding yeah um again the hint of 90s in there as well but i really like the vocals in it got a really cool bass line and i really like the chorus in this one yeah the, the riffs through this are really mm. good actually yeah i did like that quite heavy and fast as well compared to some of the other ones i mm. thought and then track 10 waveform this is my other favorite i this is one of my this is the final favorite mm. for me yeah yeah, I really like this. It's a great album finisher. Mm. And I just wish a few of the other tracks kind of had this feel. Yeah. if You, you know what I mean? It feels like some of the tracks are just what you want. And then yeah. there's some that, I don't mm. know, I'm just kind of mm, not sure yeah. about this. No, I get that. Again, it's more kind of like a more anger, angst kind of al- um, sound to it mm. on this track. And again, I think this would make a good single. Which would be a bit unusual to have the last track as a single, but other bands have done it. Same. Avatar did it. Avatar did do it, yeah. So, you know. Yeah, I thought it was just great classic alternative rock, had a really nice big chorus. It was a great finish to the album. And my finishing quote on this one, as we mentioned Biffy earlier, um, I thought it was kind of Biffy stroke Twin Atlantic without the accent. Oh, yeah. I, get, I can't you know get the I mean? Twin Atlantic bit, yeah. Those kind of riffs and guitar sound yeah. going through it, but without the Scottishness injected. Yeah, yeah I get mm. that. Um, so what do you think out of 10? I gave it a 7. That's exactly what I've got. I, I thought you might have given Scored it, it higher. higher. Just because of the anticipation. And yeah, because you're more of a 100 Reasons fan than me. I'm only familiar with the debut the, album, the debut really. Album, yeah. I bought it. I think I still own it. I think it's the best the so, best thing they've done yeah. since the debut album. Yeah, I'm not really that familiar with anything since then, so yeah. I couldn't really compare to that. So any comparisons were really with the first album. But yeah, I just gave it a seven. It was good. It wasn't bad, it, but it didn't... It was. There were certain tracks it was just missing something. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it didn't blow my mind or anything. But some songs I really, really like and I would go back to, but as a whole album, I don't think I would. One of the things I wonder, you know, because it's been 16 years mm. and whether some of the tracks were written a long time ago and mm. how some of the, if some of the tracks are newer tracks. That's possible, I it'd guess. It'd be interesting to know what the yeah. time difference is between when those tracks were written. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. I didn't think of that. Because it's weird that they've not released anything, but they've kind of appeared here and there doing a little reunion or like we saw them at Sonisphere, didn't yeah. we? And they kind of didn't disappear completely, but... Well, yeah, like when they but weren't producing anything, and like when they did get together, did they maybe write a bit here, a bit there, and yeah. Mm. Okay, well, that's that then for the review. Next up, then we've got our review of Gojira, supported by Alien Weaponry and Employed to Serve. It was actually a week ago now, over a week ago now. Yeah, we're a little behind on this because in the same. Kind of in like a three-day period, we have the Avatar review. And then this gig, and then we were away for a long weekend. And then we were away, yeah. So this is slightly delayed, but quite memorable, so I think we'll manage to... Yeah, I think we'll get through get it. Get through it, yeah. And at least we're awake, unlike we were for the Avatar review. Yeah. Before we start on this, actually, should we talk about the merch? Because we'd mentioned it before. Oh, the good old thing of merch. Yeah, we'd seen in advance, as many people had on social media, 
the price of Gajira merch. And thinking about it now, I don't know why were they they were particularly picked on for that because it wasn't that much more than a lot of other bands. No, I mean, I think it's kind of pushing it to get to that price. Mm. Really, push, you know, I mean, it is a lot. But at the same time, we don't know kind of like what the cut of the venue is. And it was the materials themselves were sustainable materials. So yeah. that obviously plays another part of it. Yeah, and I've seen a couple of things the last few days, actually, where bands have been sharing kind of things about venue merch cuts. And a lot of them, by the time they took the venue cut off and the tax, they're only getting 50% of the actual merch sure price sale. themselves. Yeah. And there was one band, I can't remember who it was, somewhere. Are you going to say about the 45%? No, that was one of the ones that I'd seen, but there's a band somewhere I saw earlier today on Twitter and I cannot remember who they are, but they have said that basically they're not going to sell any merch. Yeah, that was that was Yeah, it was the same band, yeah. It was it was something like the venue alone was forty five percent. Yeah. Which is fucking obscene. That was somewhere in Europe, wasn't it? I think this was in I wanna say Austria. I wanted to say Greece. Ooh. Well it might be Greece actually. I don't know now. Mm. But anyway, yeah. Yeah, so the prices were more than what you normally see yeah uh but you know i I think the band themselves said basically it's a material thing Mm. it's not that we're trying to rip you off it is that these are more expensive to make and i think that's what it came down to yeah and i think i saw as well just to add on to this before we get into the review that there's a uk band and i can't remember who that was either and i'm sure they said something like we're just gonna sell in our van outside the venue after yeah why not yeah if you're gonna get screwed over by venues fuck it do it I wouldn't be surprised if in future a lot of small bands, especially, just don't sell their merch at gigs anymore. If they're not making any money, there's no point. There's no point, is there? And just sell it online, we'll buy it still. Yeah. No, it's nice to get it there with it's the nice tour to dates get it on, there, yeah. but... If you can't, you can't. Yeah. Yeah, so I suppose the arena, the first thing I noticed, actually, there were no metal detectors for this one. There wasn't, was there? No. Well, that's interesting, because I actually had my chain on my belt, didn't I? And I did say to you as a joke, are they going to let me in with this? Yeah. On. And that was... It was, yeah, Napalm, Death, Skindred, mm. Volbeat, wasn't it? Yeah. And there were metal detectors up before you got to the venue, well, as yeah. you got to the venue. But here, there weren't. No. I don't know if it would time of year have anything to do with it. I don't know. No. Or maybe it's band requests. It could be band requests, yeah. Production. I didn't get my lipstick checked this time. You like didn't, I did. no. You were pretty much straight in this time. Yeah, although she did try to get in my fake zipped compartment on my bag. Yeah. Also, the queues didn't seem horrific either for anything. No, I think that was because... I think standing was pretty sold out, but the seating was probably two-thirds, half full. Half full, I think, yeah. And especially we were down the side, so there were less people because the seating, the way to get to the standing, rather, was more kind of the opposite side to us. So there was less footfall down our way. Yeah, which made it it very easy. Yeah. Um, You could literally just walk straight out, get a beer, come back. Yeah. And not miss anything. And same with the toilets, pretty much. So. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I suppose we should move on to the first band. Yeah, if nothing else to say on merch. No, no, no. I, thought, I think yeah. we're all got on merch. Cool. Um, yes, yeah, so Employed to Serve opened proceedings. Hadn't seen them before. I feel like I've seen Employed to Serve before. Have you? Without yeah. me? Yeah. Download. Oh. One of the downloads. I think I'm sure I've seen them. Okay. It's quite feasible. It's very feasible, yeah. But I'm, I'm positive I've seen Employed to Serve mm. before. And yeah, I thought they were great. Really tried to get everybody going. But it seemed like the crowd weren't receptive. I don't think they were at that point. I guess it's weird, actually, just to mention, the last couple of gigs we've been to, we've said how different the three bands have been. But this was very much three full-on metal bands, wasn't it? Very similar. Yeah, very similar. So you'd expect the crowd to be receptive of all of them. 
And with them being a UK band as well, you thought maybe UK crowd might gel more. I don't know. Yeah, because it was fairly full still at that point, wasn't it? it? Yeah, it, was, it looked, it looked mm. pretty busy. And there were core kind of like groups that you could see yeah. who are fans of Employed Serve. Mm. But then it just seemed like a lot of the crowd were just kind of like, essentially just kind of like waiting for Gajira to come on. It's quite feasible that people were there just for Gajira though, isn't it? Obviously, and yeah, they weren't interested in Employed Serve. They just wanted to get a good spot. That's why it was so full down the front initially. Yeah. But the thing, a few pits broke out, didn't they, during the Yeah, the, the, there was a couple. Yeah. Um, but I've seen kind of more, if you know what I mean, especially for a first band. Yeah. But yeah, I, I thought they were really good. They, they played um, a new, their latest single. Yeah. And there was a few tracks from the album out in 2019, which I can't mm. remember off the top of my head. And the one from the most recent album as well. Yeah, yeah I thought it was quite a good mix. I'm not that familiar with them in terms of the back catalogue. Well, a couple yeah. of the tracks that they play that I really like are Force Fed and The Lake Behind My Eyes. Mm, yeah. Which are from the album of which I can't remember. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, but they're from that album, yeah. Yeah, no, there were a couple of tracks that recognised and I yeah. liked and I thought they were really good live, but yeah, I couldn't pinpoint which ones they were. Yeah, I, and I don't, again, I don't know if this was seating because we were, we had a different seat. So mm. we were kind of, uh, it was a side seat again. But we were actually quite a few rows lower down. So we were maybe, I don't know, maybe, do you think, sort of maybe 10 feet above stage level? Yeah, roughly that, I would say. And the audio difference was unbelievable. Yeah, I think that's the best seat I've ever had at Nottingham Arena. Yeah, the audio was crystal clear. Mm. And it wasn't just kind of favoured to one band. It seemed like the audio was Mm. there for all of the bands. Yeah, it was great all night, wasn't it? Yeah, really, really thought, yeah. And really thought Employed Serve were good. I think they got a good response. And and I think you mentioned to me what they said about the merch. We'll, we'll be at the merch if anybody wants to come and see us and have a beer and yeah. all that kind of stuff, which you said, I've never heard a band do that at an arena. No, and obviously the other thing, there's about four different merch points at the arena. <laughs> there are multiple merch points. Where are multiple, you? Yeah, whereabouts are you, exactly. We could have gone to one each, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, I suppose they could have I don't have know, we didn't get that far to check, did we? But yeah, overall, I was really impressed with them. But they're really good. We'd definitely watch them again live. Excellent. On to Alien Weaponry. Yep, so Alien Weaponry, have to confess, we nearly missed the start of their set. Well, we did technically miss, we missed their entrance because we didn't get exact set times from the arena. They just said first band, end, doors, great. So in our wisdom, we assumed that as Employed to Serve finished at half seven, Alien Weaponry would be on at eight, we thought. So we toddled off to get a drink, etc. Stood in the concourse, could hear the sound of a horn which sounded very much like the um, intro. And mm-hmm. then we realised that it was. It and was, they'd yeah. come on at around quarter to ten to eight. So yeah, we it caught quickly us ran in. Yeah. So we missed their actual entrance with their hacker, etc. Yeah, sadly missed that. But um, yeah, amazing band line. Mm. Second time we've seen them now. Yeah, we saw them on the main stage at Download in 2019 and they were awesome. You sure it wasn't the second stage? No, it was main stage. I've, I'm sure I've seen Alien Weapon around the second stage. No, definitely main stage because we came in through the guest area across the grass, the grass and the, the hay because it was all muddy. And I just remember walking across that and they were there on the main stage opening. You're going to check now, aren't you? Actually, come to think of it, I think you're right. Oh, is that because you just checked? Mm. So, yes, we saw Alien Weaponry on the main stage at Download in 2019 and they were awesome. <laughs> Yeah. And I've been looking forward to seeing them ever since. I think for me as well, as much as I love Gajira, them being on the support 
on the initial announcement was the absolute selling point for me. I would want to see Gajira anyway, but as soon as it was Alien Weaponry as well, I was like, yes. Done. Yeah, we're there. Yeah. So yeah, awesome. They did seven tracks as well. Which I thought they might have done a little bit longer. It felt like longer. It felt like a lot longer. They did do longer. I think it was about 40 minutes they did, didn't they? Um, I thought they might have got maybe an hour, especially coming out at that time. But their tracks are quite long, aren't they? Yeah, Actually, there's a lot of music. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. Welcome to Ready to Marsh. This is how we talk. (laughs) You know what I mean, though? great in-depth analysis. Yeah. There's lots of... do music. (laughs) They have quite a lot of, like, instrumental segments within the songs as well, don't they? So it kind of... I don't want to say drag them out in a negative way, but it lengthens the song length, is what I'm trying to say. Right, okay. I think I know what you mean. Yeah. One day I might be articulate. <laughs> Till then, you've got this waffle. <laughs> yeah, so they opened up with Rao Patu. I went straight into Holding My Breath, which is one of my favourites. Yeah. It just um, reminds me of seeing them at Download, that one. And yeah. I just remember hearing that track on the Download playlist on Spotify. Mm. And that's how I came across them. And that really stuck in my head to begin with. Yeah, I I love that track too. And along with kind of like the middle three tracks they played as well. Mm. None of which I'm going to even attempt to pronounce. Okay, shall I? You can have a go if you want. Yeah, so middle three, they were from their second album, Tangaroa. So Actually, I could track. have done that one. Yeah. Title track. Yeah, I could have done that. Tangaroa. Hatupatu, I said that right? And then Ahika. Okay. Yeah, so apologies if my Maori pronunciation was incorrect. <laughs> trying. And they had a lot of um, fire, you know, a lot of pyro going off, which... You don't normally get really too much of for mm. a, like your main support. Yeah. Like normally the pyro they want to save for the headline band, but yeah, they had a lot of stuff going off. And even kind of like with three members, it's amazing kind of like how powerful they can get the stuff to be. Yeah, that was something I was going to say actually. It just blows my mind that there's only three of them. Yeah. With how much noise they make and also how young they are. Yeah. Very young. They're, um, I think. Thing is the oldest 21, 22 now? Yeah, something like that. Like they were doing yeah. festivals as teenagers. Yeah. And... Remind me a little bit, not musically, obviously, but Behemoth with how young Nurgle was when they started. Yeah. As well, that kind of, you know, about 18 when their debut album was out, 18, mm. 16, I think. Yeah, the crowd really started to go for Alien Weaponry. Yeah, they got I a lot. I think there, there was a lot of fan- yeah, Alien Weaponry support there. And that's when the crowd surfers began. Yeah. Yeah, lots of moshing going on. Yeah, of pits whirling around. I think it re- the pace really picked up, especially kind of like as they got halfway through the set. Yeah. It did really, the energy just in the crowd just kind of like increased. Yeah. And yeah, one of the other things, I could tell we were closer as well. You know, we were saying about the mm-hmm. audio quality, but the heat from the flames. Yeah. You could, it, it was it's like being sat next to a fire. It was nice and toasty. It was very toasty, yeah. They had a wall of death towards they the did. end. I cannot remember if it was last song or second to last song. But the crowd were very receptive of that as well. We had a good split going down. Yeah, and then went for it. Yeah, I have a little video of that somewhere I'll post at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then they went back to their first album too for the last two tracks. Rue, Anna, Te Wenua, and then ended with Kai Tangata. Yeah. Which is another favourite. Yeah, there. it's classic, yeah. So it's awesome to see them again and can't wait to see, to see them, them again. again. <laughs> yeah. I don't know when, but again. And then on to the main act, Gajira. I think we should also point out that this show was actually delayed from March 22. 
Yes, it was. So we'd, we'd been waiting quite a while for this one. Yeah, 11 months delayed and we'd bought the tickets, I don't know how much, probably nearly a year before that, so a two-year ticket to show affair. Yeah, and also I'd just like to say that the, the ticket price for this was an absolute bargain. I can't believe it when I look back. Um, it was, what was it, £38? 30, yeah, with booking with fees these, about 38 quid. Yeah, that's an absolute bargain. Yeah, you know, like now, I think I kind of expect Gajira alone just to be that. Yeah, for an arena as well. So the first thing I want to say about the Gajira set itself is we had a curtain. I we did. Curtain you love a curtain drop. drop, don't you? And there was a countdown on it as well. Yeah, I cool. think. Yeah, the only problem I've got with kind of like curtain drops and things like that is that when we're sat to the side, like we can see the band coming up. We've we've seen the band on stage for like thirty seconds or so, and it's. I felt the same thing with Ghost. We were further to the back though for Ghost, so you still could see the full effect of shadow. Yeah, ball. but you, you know what I mean though. It's, but yeah, with that because we were so near the front, you, you didn't get the same effect. It didn't have the same no. impact, no. But we weren't to know there was going to be a curtain, otherwise maybe we would have sat at the back. Well, maybe. But yeah, I had a countdown on it from about, was it about? Two, two minutes. Two or three minutes, yeah. Yeah. It was cool, so you could sit and brace yourself. And then they started playing before the curtain dropped. They did, yeah. An opportune moment, so that was really cool. They had lots of symbols kind of silhouetting on the curtain as well. Yeah. Which was a nice effect. I wasn't expecting a curtain. I didn't have Gajira down as a curtain band. Oh, well, I would. Would you? Yeah, definitely. Okay. But yeah, I mean, they were absolutely... Amazing. Yeah. Played a hell of a long set, though. Yeah, it was. Not, not that that's a bad thing, but I mean, you know, like, in comparison to how long Alien Weaponry played? Yeah, about an hour and 45, I think it was in total. Yeah. They were on at nine, about quarter to 11, I think, when they finished. Yeah. 17 tracks in total. Yes, it was. And, I, yeah, I thought they were just absolutely amazing. I'd, I'd go as far as to say this is probably the best arena show I've been to. It's definitely up there. I'm struggling to think of what's bettered it. In terms of the seating, the sound, and just the show itself. Uh, yeah, and I think the quality of the bands. Yeah. You know, I've been at somewhere that the headline's been unbelievable, but the support's not been a oh, great choice. yeah, as an overall package, you mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And as an overall thing, it's it's got to be mm. right up there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so they blasted through, you know, a whole catalogue of stuff. Opened with Born for One Thing, which seems a good choice of an opener. Do you know what? You can't argue with any of the tracks. Yeah. So, you know, Born for One Thing, The Heaviest Matter of the Universe, Backbone, Stranded. Yeah, Stranded is one of my favourites. Yeah, and everything just seemed to move beautifully into the next one. Yeah, it was seamless, wasn't it, really? Yeah. There was some crowd interaction. Yeah. Just the right amount, I think, really. But it, but it was like a really well, well-polished mm. kind of... It, it felt like it was a band that had been doing this for like 40 years. Yeah. Because of just how well they moved. I'm, you know, I know mm. they're professional musicians, but it mm. can still take time for a band to do that seamless transition yeah. from all of the tracks into the interaction, back into the tracks, mm. and still keep the pace and the, yeah. you know, the whole vibe of the venue and the crowd enjoyment at the same level. Yeah, I think what I just loved was it was almost it was not a fairly basic show. It was just them playing their music, and they had the background screens. Yeah. With various imagery on for different songs, obviously had a lot of pyro, a lot of lighting effects, and a lot of lasers lot going of off. Lasers, that's the one. Lasers yeah. and some confetti. They did, but ultimately it was just them on the stage playing their music. And as much as I love a theatrical band, they were just mesmerising to watch. Yeah. Well, they were that mesmerising mm. that 
how many was it? Was it one or two members of Alien Weaponry walked right past me, and I was totally you didn't oblivious. Even spot them. Didn't one even of them, spot them, yeah, yeah. And you know, I'm a I'm a big Alien Weaponry fan, and the fact that somebody's just walked past me from a band I love, and I'm completely oblivious to it because I'm just that focused on Majira mm. right there and then. I think in your defence, you were sat on the end, so you were closer up, so you didn't quite get the same perspective as I got. Yeah, but yeah. But yeah, but most yeah. nine times out of ten, <laughs> no. I would have spotted that, and it's like yeah. kind of annoyed that I didn't at the same time. Yeah, Gajira were just so so good, and again, another band I can't wait to see live again. Mm. And I'm I'm going to put it out there: I see Gajira as a potential festival headliner in the next, well, around 2023, so maybe by 26, 27. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they've already headlined Bloodstock, which is yeah, kind of a first stage is, of the UK, a UK rock metal festival. Yeah. But I think yeah. twenty six, twenty seven, they've got to be headlining download. Yeah. If, if they keep producing the quality of stuff that they've done so far. Yeah, and they've definitely got the fan base for it as yeah. well. Yeah, I have to say a couple of other points. Never seen so many crowd surfers at an arena show. Not for a long time, at least. They were pretty constant, the whole set. I didn't notice it as much I as you. didn't. I did for loads, yeah. yeah. It might have been because I knew someone who was pretty much on the barrier and I kept thinking, oh, I hope she's not getting kicked in the head. <laughs> Bless her, she's little. But yeah, so that was cool. Mm-hmm. And the other thing has fallen out my brain. I did like the fact there was a blow-up whale being bounced around being the crowd. Knocked around, yeah. <laughs> just, that just amused me. You uh, could see a point where security were like, oh, should we give it them back? Yeah. And then it was kind of like, I would if I were you. <laughs> yeah. Drumsticks. I think about the second track in, I'd never seen so many drumsticks flying into the crowd oh, at yeah, that point. There was that, you could actually see a bloke behind the drummer handing him drumsticks just to throw Yeah, just to throw out. What's he doing with them all? Yeah. Yeah, that and, was really cool. Um, also, speaking of drums before Grind, there was the most epic drum solo. So that was yes, one of the best drum it, solos I've seen. It, that was in, insane. It, yeah. It, I didn't think it was stopping. I know. And it was so quick and so, yeah, just a great drumming, like a masterclass technique in drumming, mm, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, our time is now. When we reviewed that as the random single release that they released a few months ago yeah. we said at the time that's going to be amazing live and it was it was yeah yeah brilliant yeah yeah it was almost very unifying everyone was chanting along singing to it it was great and I, th- I think you know we were saying about it wasn't kind of like sold out on seating part of me wonders is because is that the difference between when it first was and when it is now because the original gig was a saturday we did ponder on that actually didn't we and obviously we were a bit miffed because we were thinking, oh, Saturday night Saturday out. Saturday night out, yeah. But given how there was only was four or five UK shows, yeah. six maybe, a lot of people might have travelled to Nottingham as a weekend away. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And instead it got rearranged to a Tuesday night. Mm, which which can, yeah. unless you're like us, who yeah. aren't too far away, it could be really difficult. Yeah. I mean, we had a whole road to ourselves, didn't we? Yeah, it was amazing. I want that <laughs> every, every single seated event i go to yeah. i want my own road now that, that's set yeah. the standard <laughs> yeah it wasn't just like the section at the back that they curtained off which often happens if it's not sold out there was like literal rows rows around us as well that yeah people were just littered around so yeah it could be that people had got a refund because they couldn't get and then they hadn't resold them yeah going back to the set list they did amazonia last before the encore yeah part of me wondered if they would be the kind of band who wouldn't encore no, you just have some bands that don't. Just because of how, um, not simplified, but yeah. stripped back the, yeah. sh- the show kind of was. Yeah, if it had just been like, this is, this is our set and we're done. But 
Now we're going. Yeah. Uh, I was leading it backstage for a cuppa and came back to Silvera, which is another of my favourites. <laughs> yeah, I, I think everything they played, you, like you were going tick, tick, tick. Yeah. Every single thing you wanted to hear, they played. Mm, it was yeah. like your dream Gajira set list, I suppose. Yeah. And to be honest, mine's very much similar. So it was, yeah, really, really good. Yeah, I came back with three songs on the encore, so finished with The Gift of Guilt, which was a great finish. Well, I suppose that wraps up that part. Yeah, I don't think there's much else we can say about it. I've probably already shared some pictures. At some point, there'll be some videos, I'm sure. And we'll, have to, we'll have to put the merch on, see what people think of the designs. Yeah. Right, it's recommendation time. And this week, it's Kinstrife. And they are a four-piece from Hereford, formed in 2013. Their latest single is out, which is called Ground Hammer, which I expect everybody to listen to, because it's great. It is, it's awesome. The last album, Fools and Monsters, came out in 2021, and they're currently working on a second album. So I'm looking forward to hearing that when it comes out. They've got a sort of new wave of classic rock sort of sound to them, kind of everything from the 80s onwards. And it's almost clutch meets Eddie Vedder on vocals. Yes, you stole my quote. No, 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 no. I said to you clutch and you went Eddie Vedder. Yes. And then it kind of merged. Yeah, for me it was it's quite a 90s grunge kind of vocal overall. But then musically it is like that kind of hints of classic 80s and then the new wave of classics like you said. Yeah. So yeah, I really like them as well. Livewise, they've got a few dates coming up over the next few months. So on the 8th of April, they're playing at The Grapes in Hereford. 26th of May, they're playing Breaking Bands Fest in Bromsgrove. 29th of July, they're playing Sunfest at The Sun in Herefordshire. And then they've got some other dates coming up August, September time. They've got them all listed on their social media. So check them out on Instagram or Facebook if you're interested in going to give them a watch, which I recommend that you do. That's the end of episode 47 then. So thank you, as always, for listening. Apologies if you heard any birds tweeting in the background, as we mentioned at the start, or any dogs yapping in the background towards the end. If you don't already do so, please give us a follow on social media. We're on Instagram and Twitter at ReadyToMoshCast, and Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok at ReadyToMosh. So go give us a like, follow, share, in all the places that you can, reviews on your podcast platform, etc., And we'll be back next week with episode 48. Make it stop, move.